Welcome to the Holistic Wealth and Health Podcast. Your co-hosts, Jason Smith and Brian Bibbo will inspire and teach you how to prosper in your mind, body and spirit, not just your financial life. Joining forces with field experts, Jason and Brian are here to help you focus on what matters most in your life, living well. Let's get started. Welcome to the Holistic Wealth and Health Podcast brought to you by J.L. Smith. And I'm J.L. Smith, actually, also. Originally, it was my dad. But yeah, we're, we're counting you, Jason. <laughs> All right, you're here with uh, myself, Jason Smith, and Brian Bibbo. And today is the fun part, because I get to interview Brian. Today, he interviewed me last time. It's awesome. I'm excited to go and see what you can dig up in my background today. We'll <laughs> see. We'll see. That's right. Well, we're going to start at the beginning. We're both Cleveland boys, born and raised. I was born on the west side. You were more east side, Brian. So let's start from the beginning. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> slightly on the east side, I guess you would say. So I was born at Euclid General Hospital. For you that know that, know that. It's right on the lake right there on 185th Street. Actually, both my grandparents worked there on my mom's side. He was the head maintenance man, and my grandma was a secretary for a doctor. But the funny story, so I was born on June 16th, and I have a sister four years older than me that was actually born on June 16th also. So it came down to this, is she had a birthday party with some friends set up for her fourth birthday party at Chuck E. Cheese. Well, guess what? Mama said, you're not going to Chuck E. Cheese. You're going to grandma's house because I'm going into labor. So we were born on the same day. And, you know, she's actually never forgotten me for that. But I was telling a, a, a client this story not too long ago. And the client goes, well, she's still mad at you because you owe her a trip to Chuck E. Cheese. So I instantly texted my sister. I was like, hey, guess what? I'm taking you to Chuck E. Cheese next year on your birthday. Mark off the calendar. We're going there. I'll let you ride a little ride and everything else. <laughs> But mostly humble beginnings. I had a grandfather who was a CEO of a company called Mayfram International. Great influence on my life. Uh, my parents weren't all that well off by any means. My grandfather actually paid for me to go to Catholic grade school and a Catholic high school and assisted a little bit with college along the way as, as much as he could. But he did that for all four of his grandchildren. But primarily, I was in Euclid, Ohio for about four, three to four years. And then my parents moved out to Menor, Ohio, and that's where I went to high school, like Catholic. I kind of grew up there. Now I live on the west side. Nice. Well, let's talk about the most important part of it. When, when and how did you meet your wife, Amanda? Oh, gosh. <laughs> no, it was, it's a funny story. So I had, it was an eighth grade birthday party for a, a, a girl named Jamie, who I was very good friends with. And I was jumping on a trampoline in her backyard. And Amanda walked in. So that's originally where I met Amanda. And I was like, whoa, this, this woman is beautiful. Girl at the time, I guess yeah. you would say. <laughs> but we were both 14 years of age. Then we, So we were at two different grade schools. Then we went to high school together. And it was funny. Uh, when she was... When we were 15, I tried to get her to date me. And she was having nothing to do with it. <laughs> then, the, then the roles reversed when, when she was... 16 she tried to date me and then i was like no you've been playing me like it's my turn to to play you so at 17 years of age it was right after my birthday it was june 28th going into our senior year of high school and we were in by a waterfall in concord ohio sitting on a rock in the middle of a river that was flowing that we were able to jump to and i asked her out and you know what she says to me she goes i have to think about it 
<laughs> I, said, I said, what? Like, how do you have to think about this? We've been both been culminating this for years. She goes, well, you know, it's been back and forth. You know, she said yes. And the rest has been history. Went to college together, lived together a little bit after college, got married 10 years after we started dating. Which is a long time to remember when we were 17 years of age and things, times have changed. But I've been together ever since. Two kids, blessing in this world that I have a wife who I've known for such a long time and I can trust. Like how important that is to me and the confidence that gives me is just, just amazing to be able to go to home to her. Yeah. She's awesome. Amanda's great. Our families are close. Our kids are close. Um, Achilles and Athena are just special kids. It's really awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. And Amanda's got, Amanda's got her own thing going on, man. She's written, you know, wrote books. She's got a huge social media following. She's a special, special young woman, very spiritual. It's been good. And somehow we recruited her to work at JL Smith with us to help out on a lot of things. So we're blessed to have her there also. hundred percent. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Tell us a little bit about like growing up. Um, I know you talked about your grandfather um, and who were, who were other kind of key influences and what I have in mind, I think that you and I jointly share, you know, yeah. relationship or. Yeah, we'll get into it. So my grandfather that I spoke about before taught me good life lessons. He said, if you save money, I'll match everything you save. So anything I put into a bank account, he said, I will match it and all that. He ended up buying a stock account for me when I was very young, maybe a thousand bucks in it or whatever. So he was such a great influence. I was always able to speak business with him and like where I should be going in life, what's going on in college. Unfortunately, at the age of 90, he got dementia. And it was a sad story. Like he was in World War II. He was like a, a sergeant or a major. And he went to go get supplies and his whole platoon got bombed. So like all the people he was with, they, he lost them. And when I would sit in the nursing home with him, because I would visit him once a week in the nursing home and help him, he would just cry in front of me and relive those World War II stories. So it's, it's a crazy thing. So I mean, that whole pr progress of watching his life from when I was born growing up and then kind of seeing that end of phase, it, it's a, it was a great, you know, it's sad to talk like that, but it was a great life to to have there. One other thing that greatly influenced me, my dad, my father was in the car park industry, selling belts, hoses, those kind of things. And unfortunately, that had that industry had a lot of turnover in the 90s and the 2000s. And I watched him lose his job multiple times. And my mom, how she reacted to it, it wasn't favorable, right? All of a sudden, he's the primary breadwinner. My mom's an MRI technician and losing that job. So I saw that kind of turmoil in the family. And, and don't get me wrong, everything worked out, but we all act off emotions. So with that being said, one of the greater life lessons I, I always said to myself is like, no matter what, I'm going to have a great career. I'm always going to make sure I have income coming in so I don't ever have to go through it. And it's nothing negative against my dad, but seeing that experience was probably one of the greatest things I've ever learned in my life. Like watching him lose his job and it might have been every three, four years just because of the turnover. And he, he would find another job, don't get me wrong. But there'd be some months where he's on unemployment. And that education and how that works and everything else was just so eye-opening to me. And the last mentor who we both share was my Uncle Tony. It's actually my dad's first cousin. I was so close to him. 
gosh, I can't speak any more highly of him. When I was 16 years of age, going to high school, he said, come work for me. He said on the nights after school, because I get out 2.15, come visit me and work Saturday mornings for me, and then also work the summer. So that's that's a lot of what I did. He was a stockbroker in downtown Cleveland. So at first he had me picking up his suits, going to the ATM to cash out for him, like all, all of that stuff. But then it finally got to the point where I was like 18 years of age. He's like, help me pick stocks. Because he was the old transactional approach of, hey, I'm going to charge. I'm going to recommend this stock. Someone's going to pay me a commission to buy a stock, which like stock trading is next to nothing now, the cost wise. But that's what he was. But he had me picking stocks. And then he saw I was successful at doing it. And he would ask me more and more as time went on. But watching him and his life and the influence of him has been great. I want to share one story. At his end of life situation, I had a dream of me saying goodbye to him in my mind, right? And like, and I knew he was not doing well and everything else. And, you know, he was 80 something years old and very technological inclined, if you remember, like he was so old school. Yeah. The next day I was in our office meeting with clients and, and all of a sudden I see, and I hadn't had talked to him in a while. I know he wasn't in good health because he was in the hospitals and stuff like that. I see a message from him on my phone, like that he called. And I was blown away, like the night before I had this dream yeah. of saying goodbye to him. So I call him back and he FaceTimes me. Yeah. And he has no idea how to work a phone. And it's just, and I have a picture of it because I, I snapped it with my phone, but it's it brings the goosebumps to me of that situation of him saying goodbye, like his way of saying goodbye to me. Yeah. Like somehow God connected us because he's one of the biggest influences on my life. And he's like, oh, Brian, I'm not doing well. I'm in the hospital. He's like, I'm trying to get out soon. And a few days later, he passed away. So it's just, an, it was just an amazing kind of end of life situation. So, you know, the people right to your original question who've influenced me the most is, you know, my grandfather, who I saw live a great life. My uncle Tony, who I saw live a great life. And also my father. You know, I've had some other people like Mary Stirk who have mentored me in the industry that we're in. Having a great, powerful woman like her mentor me has been crucial to my development. Yeah. Um, yeah, Tony. So Tony's how you and I first met. Um, yeah. And so Tony called me up and said, hey, you know, I need you to give this kid a shot. <laughs> and, um, you know, you were young, but you showed a lot of promise and it was a it was a great move and obviously the rest is kind of history, but I learned a lot from, from Tony as well. It's funny as I was a young man, um, I had never eaten in a nice restaurant really. I just hadn't, um, my parents didn't really eat nice restaurants. Tony was a foodie mm -hmm. and he taught me the ropes of fine dining. And then, you know, I learned a lot of other stuff from him. He, um, he was a great guy. So, um, Let's let's kind of move on a little bit. Like Brian, I, I don't know what would you say internally. You know, um, really motivates you. You know, what would you say um, really is that internal drive? I think you've touched on some of it a little bit, but anything more you want to share or expand on of like kind of your why or what really motivates you to do what you do and keep progressing the way you do in your career? Yeah. You, as as a young child and we'll say early adulthood, I probably 
you know, I was any boy getting in trouble, doing things. I'm not talking about serious trouble, but going to Catholic grade school, going to Catholic high school, when I was like 17 years of age, I was up at 5 a.m. And I remember looking up at the ceiling and and I was struggling with a sister who was diagnosed with bipolar. I grew up with that from the time I was 14 to 18 and, and saw her struggle. And I looked up at, at the ceiling. I remember I was at a friend's house. I wasn't sleeping. It was 5 a.m. And I said, God, you know what? I'm turning my life over to you. And I know you're going to bring me on the right path. I don't know where I'm going or what I'm supposed to be doing, but please do that. So I always knew deep down I had some sort of calling to be able to help the world. So what really motivates me is, is, is helping people. I thought growing up, I was going to be a fireman. Then I thought I was going to be a doctor. And then, you know, the influence of, of you and my uncle Tony got me into this financial service industry and being able to help people. So really what motivates me is the smile on the people's faces that I meet with every day and them thanking me and how I've helped them. I've given them the clarity that's second to none for me. I've also always wanted my kids to have a better life than I had growing up, but I also don't want to spoil them too much because I've had some kids that I grew up with in these in these Catholic schools that, you know, their kid, the kids were spoiled and they didn't turn out as well. So, I mean, that's a lot what motivates me in life is just the people that are around me giving back to the world that has given so much to me and how many families can I help and make them more successful and bring them down the right path. That's awesome. That's great. And um, what would you say, um, what are some of the things that you do, you know, because this is a holistic, you know, wealth and health podcast. So what what would you, you know, what are some of the things you do to keep yourself mentally, physically, spiritually healthy? You know, because those are some of the things we're going to be expanding on as you know, in the months and years ahead, as we interview different guests, but you know, share a little bit about, you know, what you do. Yeah. I'm sure like anyone else, I've suffered through stress in my life. I suffered through anxiety. You know, I was working a lot previously or sometimes seven days a week during tax season when, when we needed to, to make it happen. But I think the bigger picture of where I'm at mentally and what I have done is your mental health and your physical health are so entwined, right? And you think about that. I have my physical health, which is exercising, moving my body, and then my mental health. So every day I run at least two miles and I exercise. You know, I'll take one day off a week. Like last week I took off one day. But the triggering event that goes through any human once they work out and all the studies you can read them is like, You get so much more clarity, stress is relieved, all those things. So exercise has been so crucial to me. I was always in sports and exercise. Then once I got in college, I kind of dropped it. And I didn't do it for about a decade, which is sad to say. So I had to learn and retrain myself to go back to it. Also in the mornings, I just make sure, as as I share with Dr. Elko, is like on the way to work after I drop the kids off, I have about 15 minutes. And it's that time where I say my prayers. I, I'm grateful for all the things around me. I thank God. Um, all the people that have passed before me, I was telling Dr. Elko, this is like, I have a list of probably like 40 or 50 people that have passed before me. And I say their names after I say my prayers every morning. And I say, just help me. You all had great talents and help me be the embodiment of those talents 
and help many people and help your families and your friends and stuff like that. So it, it's a lot of that, just making sure I have the clarity. And then, you know, on the weekends, I was telling uh, my wife this today, it's like hanging out with the kids and hanging out with her is like the thing I want to do. Like nothing brings me more happier. So everyone that's listening, watching, it's like, figure out what you like to do the most, right? Figure that out and do that. Yeah, you make me think of a, a, a recent Netflix. I think it's a Netflix series that came out to talk about the longevity and it's the blue zone. And one of the biggest things of all these different cultures that they've interviewed in these studies they've done is having a close, close relationships. I mean, that's like the thing that was e even above health and diet and all those other things and exercise was was really about the interconnectivity of those close relationships yeah so. there's no doubt about it i can't express how important relationships are in this world um yeah so i think as we start to weigh in the plane brian tell us a little bit about like you know and and again you kind of touched on this one a little bit and i feel your struggle about not turn you know you want to make you know, help the kids have a better life than you did, but you want to make sure you don't spoil them. But anything else in regards to legacy, you know, I, you know, if if people are looking back, you know, what's, you know, what's your eulogy sound like, right? Yeah. What's, what kind of legacy do you want? What, what do you want me to be? I'm, I'm going to put you in the ground first. So <laughs> what, what am I, what am I going to be saying <laughs> when I read your eulogy? Uh, I, I'm 10 years old. I keep, keep motivating me. <laughs> I, it might be the other way around. We'll right. find out. Time will tell. I always thought in my mind, somewhere along the line, my name will be in history books and I'm not trying to sound boisterous or anything else like that. It's not necessarily the history books you read in the school. It's the memory of people in their history books, if that makes sense, right? Of like the impact I had on your life, the impact I've had on my wife's life, the client's life. That's the history books I'm more referring to. Do I think I'm going to be the George Washington of the world? No, right? No, I don't think that. I'm just saying is like those memories of the impact I could give. So if, if you were writing a eulogy at my funeral, I would just say is like the change I made in the world and the change I made to the people that I work with on a daily basis is what I would want that to be on. And I think my, my jovial attitude, right? I'm always laughing and having fun. Mm -hmm. There's so many people that wake up miserable every morning and was I one of those people years ago? Yeah, but it's like, for what? You don't know what tomorrow brings. So have that positive attitude, always smile. As you know, I always like to laugh, like I'm all in it. And me and my brother-in-law joke for the giggles, right? It sounds like a little kid word, but like I'm here for the giggles. I want to laugh. I want to have a good time. <laughs> That's awesome. I love that. I'm here for the giggles. <laughs> Seriously, it makes the days go so much smoother. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing, too. Like, and that's why that's one of the things I'm wanting to get out of this podcast is you and I just have a great time together. And we both said it. We're like, we're going to get on here. We're going to laugh. We're going to have fun. We're just going to have a good time. And we're hoping we can bring, you know, spread that joy to, to the people who listen. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. That's good. So, Brian, the question that, that you came up with, and I love it, and I think we'll end every podcast this way, um, so I'm going to ask you, is, you know, 
what would it make? How do we make the world a better place? Yeah. So if I had one message to the world, one message, what would the message be? I'm going to give you a long message. And I'm going to start with the combination of like, live every day like it's your last. No one knows what tomorrow holds. And why were these, these human being entities on earth? It's like, you don't know what tomorrow holds. How many people's lives can you change? What can you do differently? Do things that you like. In addition, understand like the best things in life are free. Think about this. Your mother gave birth to you. It was free to you, right? Mm-hmm. Like life, you, creation of life is free. Like when we think about that, that's so important. The love that you have for your neighbor, your wife, your kids. Like that's free. You know what I mean? Like how powerful is that? So when you think of riches and so many people go, oh, I, and this person has a billion dollars, this person has a trillion dollars. That's monetary riches. The riches that are so important is the relationships and the love that you have. So when I say live every day like your last, realize what your true riches are. Realize in life what is free, because if you go to the deep root of it, the free stuff is usually the best. Like the cars that we have, the house we have, it's all temporary. You know what I mean? We talked about my grandfather and my uncle, the love I have for them that I still have for them. And they're in a different place. Heaven, like it's still free, like and it's still living through me. So that's really what my one message will be to the world is like live today like it's the last and have that impact and realize that stuff that's free and reconsider what you you define as riches that's good that's really good um love it love it always deep and insightful you'll find me often pausing after brian talks because i'm just kind of downloading a little bit the information um, and it's awesome. It's deep and it's impactful. So uh, thank you so much for joining us for the Holistic Wealth and Health Podcast. Thank you, buddy. Brian. Thank you. Appreciate you, buddy. And we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Holistic Wealth and Health Podcast. We hope we inspired you to make changes so you can live your best life. If you want to find out more about what we do, or if you want to have a holistic wealth and health financial plan, please call 456-833-7000. Please subscribe to the podcast and share it widely with your friends and family. Financial planning and advisory services are offered through Prosperity Capital Advisors and SEC Registered Investment Advisor with its principal place of business in the state of Ohio. J.L. Smith Wealth and Tax Planning and PCA are separate, non-affiliated entities. PCA does not provide tax or legal advice. Insurance and tax services offered through Advisor DBA are not affiliated with PCA. Information received from this podcast should not be viewed as individual investment advice. Product discussions and illustrations are hypothetical in nature and will vary based on many factors including, but not limited to, age, health, product, insurance carrier and product design. You should consult the insurance carrier website and policy for detailed information. For information pertaining to the registration status of PCA, please contact the firm or refer to the Investment Advisor Public Disclosure website. For additional information about PCA, including fees and services, send for our disclosure statement as set forth on Form ADV from PCA using the contact information herein. Please read the disclosure statement carefully before you invest or send money.